writing days are the foundation of everything I do. Knowing how to manage myself, my inner voice, my inner critic, and my outward activity in the midst of some extended time to write and some extended time to work, that is everything. If I didn't know how to do that, I would not have a podcast. I would not have four books. I wouldn't have been writing on a blog for 11 years because it undergirds all the work that we do. But if you can figure out how to make this work for you, you can move forward with some confidence. Mm-hmm. There's a discipline to being a writer. You have to write on purpose, and that requires thinking on purpose, and it doesn't just happen. You have to plan it and make it happen. So let's learn that basic discipline of writing and do it well. Welcome to the Hope Writer Podcast. This is episode six of season three, Plan Your Perfect Writing Day. Everyone who writes knows that writing consistently is a struggle. Whether you're writing or dreaming of being a writer, when you feel called to write and you feel like you're supposed to write, making it real in everyday life is tough. How do you write consistently in the middle of the unpredictability and responsibilities of your everyday life? Maybe you envision writing several hours a day as a lifestyle, but that sure can't happen right now, right? Are you kidding? Oh, well, maybe someday. Uh, no. If we want a lifestyle of writing, we need to learn to have writing days now. Now's the time to start. This episode will help you do that. The Hope Writer Podcast is brought to you by Hope Writers, an online membership community for writers of hope. If you want your writing to give others hope, we want to give you hope. And if you're listening to this episode before oh, the middle of October of 2017, we've planned a special live in-person retreat time for you with us and the Hope Writer community. It's the Hope Writers Guided Writing Retreat in Charlotte. You'll learn how to create your own perfect writing day so you can grow your own writing life. You'll get advice and practice in confronting those time monsters that eat your writing time. Plus, you'll be part of a live Q&A with real book editors. You'll have a chance to learn all about the publishing business in person from Publishing Pros. It's live and happening in October. Just visit guidedwritingretreat.com. We'd love to meet you in Charlotte. That's guidedwritingretreat.com. And we'll share more about the retreat at the end of this episode. Your hosts of the podcast and at Hope Writers are sisters and authors Emily P. Freeman and Michael and Smith, marketing and tech guru Brian Dixon. He also writes books. I'm Gary Moreland, Michael and Emily's dad. My first book just came out this summer. Oh, in the previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast, Ian Cron, author of The Road Back to You, helped us see how the Enneagram personality assessment can help us take better advantage of our strengths and help us understand our built-in weaknesses. That's episode five of season three, the previous episode of the Hope Writer podcast. In this episode, managing yourself, knowing how to use your time as a writer, and running your own writing days is a foundational skill needed to be a writer. And now is the time to develop that skill. It's it, So it's not like you're you know, being a mom and volunteering at your church and maybe you have a part-time job and then all of a sudden one day it's like magic happens and now you're a full-time writer, right? You've right. got to sort of practice your dream in the cracks, the time that you can find right now. And also, what do you say? You plan. You steal the cracks yes, and you so plan good. for the chunks. So <laughs> crack time. Okay. And the chunks are the, lar the, the longer, longer amount of time. periods of time. But like, mo you know, some writing happens in a cabin in the woods. Usually it looks more like a hotel by the interstate, but whatever. But most writing happens like, like while the water boils for the spaghetti and mm -hmm. while you're waiting on the front porch for your kids to get home from school, you know, whatever you're, 
you're always kind of writing and taking notes, and that's what we call crack time. Yeah. Those of you longtime Hope Writer listeners understand our <laughs> verbifications. Um, but for a long time, when I first started sort of like figuring this out and the kids were really little and I didn't, John worked full time, so his schedule was not very flexible. But I had this like burning desire and all these ideas and I wanted to write. But I think I was sort of waiting for like a magical time fairy to come and deliver a long period of time for me to write, to bestow upon me so that I could then do the work I felt like I was called to and I wanted to do. But I think that could have happened if I had had the language to explain to John how important this was. But I was sort of treating it like a hobby. And so but I was expecting him to treat it like something serious. And so then we would have like these weird conversations where I'm like, "Ah, but you know, this is so important to me. And why don't I have time for it? And he's like, you haven't asked for time for it. Like we haven't even talked about this. And so I each had different expectations of what was going on, what was going on. But I couldn't first I had to own the importance of the writing for my own work and my own life. Because uh, if you just sort of take out your schedule and you start trying to, it's almost like you have to, it's an internal thing first. You have to own it. You have to say it's important and then tell your people who it's going to affect. And then you can make a plan together. And here's the thing. A writing day a month from now is better than no writing day at all. Yep. And sometimes we think like, if I can't get it today, then it doesn't count. But like, how great when that month from now comes and it's your writing day. It's so great. And looking forward to it. It's probably fun. I think so. Yeah. So whether you're in a job right now or you've got like a home situation, like you could look you could look at, you know, 30, 40 days in, in the future and say, you know what? That Tuesday is going to be my writing day. Get your people on board. Plan all the logistical things that you would normally be doing. Outsource them to somebody else for the day. So, you know, get the two babysitters to come on the same day, you know, take a sick day or whatever it is. And now you're free. Right, you're free for one day to to be a writer. Mm-hmm. So, what does that day look like? Like, what do you actually do during that day? How do you think about that? How do you yeah. decide what you what you should do? Yeah, on that day. I know. I know. For me, when I when I wrote my first book, it was when we were getting to the manuscript stage where I had to turn in the manuscript. It had already been accepted. It was like this is your last chance for any kind of edits. And I was like, oh, I have a last chance. <laughs> I need a writing day. Like I just knew intuitively, I need some longer time. It's not crack time. I needed like a whole chunk of a day. And so I started in the morning. I actually thought it was just going to be a couple hours. I started in the morning. I went to this restaurant. I said, hey can I use that private room like over in the back? Like nobody will disturb me for the morning. And they're like, okay. Cause I thought, yeah, as if I'll be there all morning. <laughs> and then I called into the office and I said, you know, I think I'm going to be to lunch. I'll be, I'll be away till lunch. And then sure enough, like I just had a momentum. I was going through the whole manuscript and looking back on that day, I ended up being there basically all night till like nine o'clock at night. But looking back on that day, I realized that's something I need to build into the the my calendar. The arc of it, right. You know, so about, for me, about every three months or so, I call it a vision day now. It's like I'll drive down to Charleston or I'll get lost in a bookstore for the whole day and I'll just have the big thoughts, you know, the big, like, where are we going? And, and I think as a writer, you need time to do that, you know, time to process. What's this whole book about? Like, why am I really here? Like, where am I going? Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's how I would use a writing day. That's is, good. Is to go deeper. Right. I, nobody's going to call me. My important people know I'm on Do Not Disturb. 
You know, they know where I am. They can find me if they need to, but they know that I need some space. That's I like that you say that, that, you know, it's this is my vision day, because I think it doesn't it's not so important what you do on your writing day, as long as you decide what you're going to do before you go, Mm. because there's nothing like showing up on when you have all this unlimited time, well, limited, but a lot of time. And then you're like, okay, I wonder what I'm going to do. Like, no, you have to even if you decide that it's going to be sort of maybe more robot admin type stuff, I don't recommend that because I think you can do that stuff in the crack time because it doesn't take as much thought. Mm But no matter what the day is, just knowing what it's going to be ahead of time will help your brain like work for free in the weeks leading up to it or the Mm. days leading Mm -hmm. up to it so that you once you're ready, once you are ready to have a writing day, you can hit the ground running kind of of whatever the purpose that you've decided. Momentum will already be built up a little bit. It would be. And I would venture to say, okay, here's two tips. One is I think every writer needs a public writing space, a private writing space and an overnight writing space. You have a place in your own town where you know that you can go that's public that you can still think at. And so that public space, you know, it has to have like a surface. It has to have a place that you know you're going to sit where the air conditioning is not going to be blowing on you. Where if you need Wi-Fi, where they have great Wi-Fi, where they have where they're going to have a seat for you. Because let me tell you what's the worst Mm -hmm. when you have a writing day and you go to a place that you've not been before and something's not right. It's wonky. The only seats are near a drafty door and you spend and I have done this. Ask Mm -hmm. me how I know you spend the first hour and a half of your four hours trying to find a place to go. So the first job of a writer when you know you want to have a writing day is find a a space. So either that's a public space like I just talked about. Or it could be a private space, like a place in your own house where you know, like, this is I'm going to set this up to where it's going to be my writing space. And no one can bother me here. So it can be, you know, and you know what what you're going to have in that private space it could be a bedroom, an office, or whatever it is, but it's designated for that time so that someone's not coming in and out, or, you know, so this is a private space. And then for a longer type of thing, like what you said, like a Charleston type trip, that there's an overnight space that you know you can go to. And that might be later down the road. You might not be there yet. Um, but for me, it's good to have a couple of places where I know I can go that I can think. Like for you, it might be fine to go to a hotel, and you know, like, I'm going to go to a hotel because I know I can't write after seven anyway and I want to be able to watch a show or whatever. But for someone else, you might say, oh, I have to go to a retreat center because I know it's quiet there and they'll feed me and I don't have to think about anything except the reason why I'm there. So public space, private space, overnight space. Where have yours been in those those three spaces? Oh, well, I have a public space at my local Panera. Um, There are two booths in the back in a corner. Now, Obviously, it's public, so I can't always control if someone's sitting there or not. But I usually know around the time to get there um, where there won't be someone. But that Panera does not have good Wi-Fi. So I will go to that public space when I know I'm not going to need the Wi-Fi. In fact, sometimes it's better that the Wi-Fi doesn't work because I need to work on writing that does not require the Internet. So that's one public space I like to go to. I also sometimes go, and I think I've talked about this before, but I will go to my local library, but I won't go inside depending on depending on the type of work I have to do. If I have to do like deep thinking work, sometimes I'll go to the library because it's a lovely, it's in the woods kind of, and it's just like a quiet space, but there are sort of people milling about and I'll sit in my car and I will roll down my windows if it's a nice day and I'll work from the front seat of my car at the library because you can park close enough to where if you need Wi-Fi, you can get it. Um, and that's another public space or semi-private space, <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it, where I'll go. But then I can also go in if I need to. And there's a bathroom there. So it's not like straight up working in a park. You know, it's like there is a bathroom I can use if because that happens. Wow. Um, and then overnight space, like I finished um, my third book at a retreat center about 40 minutes from my house where they 
you you pay whatever eighty dollars or whatever it is for overnight and you you have a room and then they also feed you all your meals and it's just relaxing and quiet um, and there's no wi-fi so i really had to get actual book work writing done um, and so that was kind of nice that there wasn't those distractions and another thing, my second piece of advice is, <laughs> I think it's helpful. I would rather have two half writing days back to back, like a Thursday and Friday, almost if I can only get a little bit of time, almost rather than just one writing day mm-hmm. in like a two week period, because a lot of times it takes a little bit of time to get into it, an hour, an hour and a half to sort of get your momentum. And then it's time to stop and then you don't have another writing day for a few weeks. Mm-hmm. For me, it's that second writing day is really where the magic happens. Mm-hmm. And so to have them scheduled back to back, then that second day you get started so much more quickly and you know because you know where you've come from. So that's like a little trick that I found that helps me a lot if I have a limited amount of time to write like it's like the lord has made your mind also to work overnight your subconscious to do thinking and working and without sleep you on think, it. yes right. without you even trying and so you take advantage of that if you do it two days in a row that's right that's why i like a retreat center is really great because you you go to sleep and you wake up in the silence and there's nothing to distract you like even at a hotel you have to like go downstairs and get breakfast and there's like a usa today your doorstep and you know <laughs> they don't do that at the franciscan <laughs> retreat center they don't <laughs> no, care about USA the news today. no they don't <laughs> that's huh. so good yeah in you're right, Gary. Also, the anticipation. You know, there's something about knowing that it's coming up that your brain just starts filtering things. You start going, oh, I might need that on my writing retreat or, or my writing day, or that's not really important. And so you just start to get excited about it. I know I know. for me, I'll, I'll set the goal of like, I'm going to, you know, I'll bookend like a conference. Like I'm going to a conference and I'm going to take the day after the conference to process everything I heard. That's smart. And how does it apply? Mm-hmm. And then I also do like a little countdown. Like I've done like a, a like a music playlist, like the top 10 indie rock songs of 2003 or something. And I'll like listen to those like the last 10 days before the conference. I'll listen oh to one gosh. different one. And it's like I'm getting excited and I'm like getting in the mindset so that I'm just open and I'm ready when I'm there. There's something about anticipation. Like I think we as people just thrive off of anticipation, knowing something's coming. Sometimes it's better than the thing itself. Oh, it can be. Yeah. That's so true. So I really want to encourage you guys listening, like plan a writing day, like pick a day on the calendar and go, I'm going to get away. I'm going to go get lost at the library for the whole day. I'm going to drop my kids off in the morning, but then I'm going to go to the library the entire day and I'm going to do all the errands a different day so I can really go deep in some of the writing that I need to do in order to move my dream forward. Yesterday I picked up uh, my daughter from volleyball practice and on the way home she was like, um, do we have anything we're doing tonight? And I was like, I mean, just, you know, homework, dinner. She's like, can we come up with something? Cause I want something to look forward to. It's like it's that so whole idea of anticipating something. It was like motivating I to get it. through the day, which I don't know what that says about our family life, but <laughs> did you come up with something? <laughs> yeah. America's got talent came on last night. And so she remembered and she was like, Oh yes, America's got talent. <laughs> <laughs> How do you do yours, Michael? How do you have a routine or a day or think of time in that way? Well, I think that as writers, we need chunk time, not just for writing, but like Brian said, a planning day or an inspiration day. So just to give myself permission that, you know what, this Friday, I need a chunk time, which really chunk time does not have to be eight hours. It can be three or four hours, like you said, Emily. Mm -hmm. I need to go to the depot, which is our big vintage 
area that you can shop it's and like an walk antique, around. Antique yeah, place. antique mall. That's the word. Mm-hmm. And that is just as important kind of chunk time for wow. me. That's your, so you're for, sometimes That's like for, part of my job. Sometimes for a writing day, you'll go to the antique mall. Yeah, I mean, I would <laughs> never call it a writing day. Mm-hmm. But I do think that's just as important to my writing work to, to have chunk time for that or have chunk time for planning. And that planning chunk time might be like, I'm going to listen to that podcast that I've been putting off till I could like not wash the dishes while I listen to it, but really take notes and then think about it, apply it. That's going to take a couple hours. So that might be a planning day or it kind of, it's not really a writing day, but it's the kind of day I still had to plan for that actually helps my writing work. So yeah, an inspiration day. If I haven't done that in a while, like I'll know, ooh, I need to get out of the house and have, whether it's drive up to the little state park we have and sit up there or go to my antique mall. How often? About? Oh, once a month-ish. Really? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It like drains and refills something. And I love that because it counts. Like I think you can think like, so oh, I'm wasting my time because I'm doing this thing at the depot. I'm going to try. But like know thyself. And it yeah. really does yeah. help because it's going to help your writing mm-hmm. get better. Yeah. that That's one of the best things about working for yourself and being a full-time writer or whatever. And I know a lot of people listening right now dream about being a full-time writer. And so I have to tell you, the dream is real. Like the idea that you can plan your own day and you can say, this is part of my job. Like for me, it's going to a live concert. Like that's part of my job because I want to see like the whole thing. Like how do they take the tickets? Yeah, how do they welcome people? Yeah. How do they introduce the, the opening bands? The whole event thing. And what that does is it makes the courses we produce better because I come back with like five lessons from the concert I watched last night. I hope you're writing that off. That's awesome. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yeah, my whole life is a write-off. Wow. Hey, well, that's, should, the, that's the dream. Yes. How can I write my life off? Yeah, but like when you go, hey, I want to be a writer, like, well, you're going to probably speak. You're probably going to do some consulting or some book studies or something. Like, who do you want to work with? I did like a coaching call with somebody who he wants to help um, leaders. And I said, well, what kind of leaders? He's like, all oh, leaders. I'm like, but what do you love? And it turns out he loves outdoors and rock climbing. And I said, what if you could be the leadership coach for people that rock climb? And before you knew it, we got focused. And so his niche is in the adventure sports arena. And so he wants to coach leaders that run companies in adventure sports. He gets to now hang out for a living with people that do adventure sports because that's what he loves. Mm-hmm. So for you guys, maybe Maybe you love music or you love going to the, the antique mall, you know, like whatever it is that you love, find a way to make that part of your writing day, but then also your writing life. And when Michael was saying that, to go to the mountain or to go to the park for a few hours or to go to the antique mall, that's not something that came in the future after the kids were all grown and, you know, no, now there I, could be times right. when the kids are real small when you might not be able to do that. But you still have regular mom responsibilities and wife responsibilities. Yeah, I mean, it used to just be going to yard sales or going to the thrift store. Just something to rework how you're, like, to smack your brain and brain think smackers. differently. And, yeah, Instead like, of just lip to, smackers. Oh, yes. <laughs> 1980s. So the that's lifestyle good. that you think of, if you envision a lifestyle of a writer or a lifestyle you'd like to have, mm-hmm. you kind of start practicing that now even if you're not doing the whole thing because you're gonna before you know it you could be there and you won't have very much practice at really yeah you're not ready because you can't really produce or keep up with the responsibilities that all of a sudden you might find you have if you hadn't haven't rehearsed your routines before that well and we've talked about I think we've talked before about how Seth Godin talks about writer's block as a myth because nobody ever has talker's block you just talk 
This is a writer's block. So Julia Cameron says that we are all writers the minute we're willing to write badly. Mm. And I'll start with a story and I'll end with a point. My story <laughs> is... <laughs> Let's hope. <laughs> when... The twins were babies. They were seven weeks early. And, you know, when twins are babies, when babies are babies, sleep is everything. Like sleep is like the holy grail of all. That's all anybody talks about. How do they sleep? Are they good sleepers? Like that's all the whole thing is the sleep. And then you also know like when you're out at Target and the babies are crying and the old ladies are like, oh, they they need to have a nap. Like all the old ladies Do know. Do people like, give advice at Target? What, your kids? Yeah. That's why I wear earphones. <laughs> Plugged so into true. nothing, just like tucked into your shirt. I've done that on airplanes. Oh, really? <laughs> but anyway, so we were like studying sleep. Like how can we get, or it's so important because we know that rested babies rest and tired babies stay tired. So like, it's not like, oh, she's crying herself. So she's going to be worn out. She's going to sleep great tonight. No, no, that's not how it works. A worn out baby does not sleep great. A worn out baby sleeps and fits and starts. <laughs> and a rested baby rests because sleep begets sleep. And the same goes for writing that the more we write, the more we write. And the less you write, the less you write. And so if you put all of your writing eggs in the writing day basket and you wait for that writing day to have that be this writing day, <laughs> you haven't been writing for three weeks, it's going to be frustrating because writing begets more writing. And so that lifestyle, Dad, that you mentioned of sort of a little bit every day and letting the crack time count and having it be 15 minutes and just making it something where you're sort of always in the mindset of capturing ideas, of paying attention, of taking good notes, so that when you get to that writing day, you're able to get into it. It's more natural transition rather than like, that's my day to write. You know, like, oh, my baby's been up all week, so he's going to be, he's going to sleep great this weekend. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> we all know that. So when you talk about, uh, you know, a little bit every day, that doesn't necessarily mean you're sitting down writing something that day. It might be capturing ideas or making sure, notes it's just or the thinking mindset. about something. Right, yeah. right, right. Paying attention. So that's, that's the question we get a lot in the Hope Writers group is all about finding time to write. You know, I don't have time oh, to write. Oh, it's the number one. It's the number usually. one. It's the number mm -hmm. one complaint or yeah. frustration. Yeah. When we uh, survey, you know, we, we survey a, a kind of on an annual basis and we say like, what, what's your biggest frustration right now? And T-I-M-E. T-I-M-E, baby. That is our four letter word when it comes to writing. <laughs> so due to popular demand, I mean, due to people asking, we've decided to create a time to write. Like actually give people a day to, you know, instead of doing another conference where it's like a bunch of speakers trying to inspire and encourage and educate you, which is good. It has its place. We wanted to bookend it. Start with that. End with that. But take the middle part and actually let you practice being a full time writer, like going out and doing your craft and having that time because it's such a challenge for so many people to find. It's like having a prayer retreat with a bunch of speakers and you never pray. Hmm. And so if we're gonna have a writing retreat, we ha like I would feel so anti-authentic if I hosted <laughs> a writing retreat and there wasn't at least some time to do some writing. Mm -hmm. And I feel like when I go places, a lot of times the struggle is, like how you said you go to a conference and on your way home, you use that time to debrief because there was so much information, right. which is great. But sometimes, like for me, I just, I have a cap of information. And so we're trying to man it, like for the guided writers retreat that we wanna host, Hope Writers Retreat, we wanna manage some of that information so that you can integrate it while you're there. 
and you actually apply it, which I'm so excited about. Yeah, it's like you leave with having more done instead of having more to do. Well, that's, that's a good. done list. The yeah. done list. <laughs> You'll get experience at the challenges that you face all the time in your writing life that so often defeat you. They're like, mon- you know how, how it is when you're going to uh, write and you have a certain set of time and you go out and you do it and the monsters come and you didn't get hardly anything done at all. So what we want to do is when you go back home, you are going to have practice at, a, at establishing a routine of writing that was productive for you that you can repeat forever and ever. Face the monsters that eat your time and know how to keep them from defeating you so that you defeat them. And at the same time, to get a bunch of writing done. One of the, my favorite parts about last year's Hope Writer gathering, live gathering, was just, it was so fun to see other Hope Writers in the same room. And it was like, we got to get past all of the initial like hi my name is because i felt like we already knew a lot of the people mm-hmm. and the other a lot of the people already knew each other so that very first evening when everybody gathered in the room it was so loud in that room because right. they already it was like they were meeting for the first time and they knew each other it was so fun to see and to be a part of didn't you like that part I it did. was it awesome was i love the sound one of the other things i love about the guided writing retreat that's coming up this fall is that you get to be in person with other people that are trying to follow the same dream that you are, where I think in, in our own lives, you're probably the only writer you know, or maybe you just have a few friends that are, yeah, that are writers. Yeah, a lot of people, that's true for them. But you're coming together with other people who are all going to take a full day to go practice being a writer, and then coming back and re- being able to reflect and go, well, what are things that I can learn from my own experience, but what can I learn from the other people at my table? Totally. What can I learn from the other people that are there? And, oh, that's something I want to try. And it just gives you a chance to practice that dream. And I think it's so important. It's like a tiny dream. And to really believe in it, sometimes you have to experience it. And so that's what we're doing. It's taking a full day to let you actually try it and and see how it fits. Writing days are the foundation of everything I do. Knowing how to manage myself, my inner voice, my inner critic, and my outward activity in the midst of some extended time to write and some extended time to work, that is everything. I would, If I didn't know how to do that, I would not have a podcast. I would not have four books. I wouldn't have been writing on a blog for 11 years because it just it undergirds all the work that we do. So we can talk, you know, you can learn about how to get published. You can learn about how to write a book proposal. And all of that stuff is so important. But guess what you can't do if you don't know how to have a writing day? Write a book proposal. Write a book. Mm-hmm. Ri- have a blog. Like there's just, it's just such a foundational concept and practice that if you can figure out how to make this work for you, you can move forward with some confidence. I do remember the angst of my first book proposal, the arguments I had with John. I remember the late nights. I never write late at night anymore. But that whole proposal was written in all the wrong times, in all the wrong attitudes, because I didn't know how to manage myself. Like I just Mm -hmm. didn't. It was such a skill that had to be developed that no one really seem to talk about everybody else just seemed to magically know how to do stuff but like, they don't <laughs> they don't but I thought they did and so yeah. I thought something was wrong with me and so I must not be a real grown-up so wouldn't and it have never been great happen. to have a time when you could have gone somewhere and oh, got a great. little shortcut right to get to that place to be able to do the things that you know you knew you need, needed to do with a lot less stress I went to workshops and read books about the tactics like the how-to and what needed to be included in this piece of work that you're doing and um, what not to do and the, you know, the sort of professional do's and don'ts. 
that's what I love about this is that we are acknowledging and naming that this is hard work and that it's both good news and bad news, that it's hard for everyone and it's hard for everyone. Like, yay, you're not the only one that's hard for. Mm-hmm. Um, and to name it and acknowledge it and then move past it and move forward, owning it and knowing that, hey, saying I'm a writer, that feels like a big deal. Now it doesn't because I've been affirmed over the years. But at first, even just saying that is the first step towards giving yourself permission to have a writing day. Because otherwise you just think, well, this is a waste because I'm not really a writer. Well, and I think what you said about having a writing day, knowing how to use your time as a writer is the most important thing. Right with that, what you said, Brian, about having those in real life people that are right there with you. I think that's like the other side of that coin, which Emily and I two weeks ago got together with 10 other writer friends in person. We are on a Voxer group. Like we don't need to get together in person, but there is something about getting together in person with other people who are doing what you're doing, struggling with what you're struggling about, making jokes about the same, you know, stupid things you're having to work through. Mm -hmm. That is absolutely priceless. It's priceless. We got on airplanes and paid real cash money Mm -hmm. to like hang out with these women and there was not even any teaching. There wasn't even anything like really that we could tangible take away from it except for just being known and yeah. being together with other people who do similar work. And it's like I left like, oh, okay. Yes, now we're all sort of doing this in this together, but all over the country. People need that. People need yeah. that. And they're all going to be together. I love it. I'm I so can't excited. wait. I can't wait. You can learn how to have, how to start developing a perfect writing day for you. Mm-hmm. And you can have practice doing it. And then you can go home and have a routine that you could follow and continue to develop the rest of your writing life. I love it. And for those that want more of a conferency kind of thing, like I want to learn a practical skill. I want to get the tactics that I normally get at a conference. We added something called a pre-treat. So we added these little mini workshops, a one-day workshop with each of us. We're each doing our own and to help you kind of go deep in in one specific area. So definitely check out the website to learn more about what those options are. But really the focus of this is just to say, like you're not crazy we want to encourage you in your writing dream in your writing idea and getting together with a group of people that believe in your dream and and you can encourage them they can encourage you it's a really good thing mm-hmm. so let's do it you and us and a bunch of great friendly hope writers together in person learn to create your own writing day as the foundation for a wonderful writing life plus you'll be part of a live Q&A with real book editors. You'll have a chance to ask your burning question about the publication process and what you should do next in your writing journey in person from a publishing pro. It's live and happening in October. Just visit guidedwritingretreat.com. We'd love to meet you in Charlotte. Guidedwritingretreat.com. In the next episode of the Hope Writer Podcast, what do you do when you start getting a million ideas for a writing project or a book? How do you keep track of your ideas? How do you start organizing them so you can turn it into something actually readable? Well, that's the next episode of the Hope Writer Podcast, how to capture and organize your awesome writing ideas. And some final words of hope from writer William Faulkner. Don't be a writer, be writing. Thanks for listening.